Welcome to Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things. It is the absolute most loved podcast in the Graveson household. I'm telling you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we don't listen to anything other than, <laughs> than, than Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things. I am one of your hosts. I'm Pastor Chris Graveson, and I have my lovely and talented co-host, Miss Joyce Adams, with me. Hello, everyone. As par usual. I don't... I, I, I'm a fixture here. <laughs> yeah. She's our favorite dog sitter too. Yeah. So, oh, sp- speaking of uh, of dogs, y'all might meet Bear off, you know, kind of off camera or whatever you want to call it today, because there's been a couple of turkey vultures uh, floating around here, and he they are he has accepted them as his nemesis. Ah. Bear, I mean, he all he's got to do is sniff them, and he's barking like a like a scared rabbit and running out he gets a good look at the beaks on those things i don't think he'll be messing with them (laughs) i can't help but think you know all he's got to do is get a hold of the neck and he's got but he's got to get through the beak and the claws Claws, before he gets (laughs) and they're they're designed for destruction oh yeah of the body parts i just wonder why they decided to make the church property there (laughs) because it's i mean they're scavengers are they do they did vultures hunt? No. Okay. No, I didn't think so. Not. They're strictly scavengers. So maybe this is just their base and there's a whole lot of other stuff that they go around or something. But they've they've kind of settled. A couple have kind of settled here. That's the same way with the hawks. There's hawks that follow the 53, Highway 53 corridor. Mm-hmm. I see them from a, the lights all, all the way to Walmart. It's a family of like five and they're always hunting. Well, yeah. There was our, that's our first rabbit hole of the day. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> want to tell you uh, if if you enjoy our show, uh, like and follow us on uh, Facebook. We are on uh, five different platforms now. We're on Podbeam, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And don't forget, just go to coffeebacongui.podbean.com and uh, you can li- listen to us there. If you got a subject that you want us to talk about, if you if or comments to make, just go to the Facebook page, comment on the you know, listen to the latest episode and then comment on it if you want to or or tell us something you want to hear about. Today we're starting a great new series. Yes. Good. Looking forward to it. Fun with cryptids. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, this is so- <laughs> but and we're gonna get to that. I just I have to share a quick story um, about our sweet Cecily and her boyfriend. I have to admit that he is more and more because I'm I'm really starting to like this young man. We're we're still gonna refer to him. I'm not gonna put his name over the air <laughs> just because I haven't asked him and and it I, you know so. Uh, but he we're still referred to. Him I was as, thinking of the nickname you gave him. Yeah, very lovingly as the meat brick. Um, but he knows he knows that nickname and he thinks it's great because. It, but it's more more and more becoming that affectionate and he I love him to death. I really have grown to love him. He's a he's a sweet young man. Don't we don't get to talk to him that much because he is still a little shy around us. But he's been dating Cecily for two years. Okay, now they've had some serious rough times, but at the same time, two years with Cecily, who is an amazing, wonderful young woman. I sense a butt coming. But yeah, <laughs> like. Most Gravesons, any well, most of the Gravesons family, except for my sweet Brenda, 
Cecily's a lot. Okay, <laughs> she's she's amazing and wonderful, but she's kind of high maintenance, and she she acknowledges Nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. And and I've even told her when they're arguing, and she's sharing the argument with me. I told her, babe, you know, I don't care how he speaks to you. You don't speak back to him like that. You were taught better than that. If anybody spoke to, if I mean, I should say, if your mother ever spoke that way to me, it would be on. Brenda, have to respect each other. Yeah. Brenda is a wonderful example because no matter how stupid I get, she does not speak nasty or mean to me. She doesn't call me name. Well, she calls me a dork, but, you know, <laughs> if that's the worst thing my sweet wife ever calls me, I'm doing really good. That is so mild. You know? <laughs> yep. But, and, and when I, and I, when she calls me it, I've earned it. Okay. <laughs> but I got to tell this story because I, I, I think the thing that's endearing, uh, he, he is endearing in my heart is he is 100% guy. You know, he's 22 years old. I was the same idiot at 22 years old that he is. And I was talking, you know, the only way Brenda or Brenda and Cecily and I talk is through Snapchat, through the video chats, because we can do it over the internet. Cecily and I were talking, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning for her before they get ready to go to church. And all I knew at first was that he kind of came into the room and then he left. And she told me, she said, dad, um, I'm sorry, got kind of got distracted there for a minute because, well, he was in the bathroom and, you know, he came out and he started telling me about his poop. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gross. I, I lost it. I was laughing so hard. She said, babe, for 31 years, I've been doing the same thing to your mom. <laughs> oh, you talk about TMI. There it is. <laughs> It used to be, you know, it used to be when we were first married, it was like, you know, it's like, no, I got to kill the smell. You got to yeah, open the window. You got to yeah. get it because well, nobody wants, I don't want her to know that, that I poop. Now it's like, it, what uh, Bill Ingvall said it best. He said like, honey, come see this and bring the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's got to be a low point of existence. <laughs> Taking pictures of your poop. Does no, that look, no, no, no. Brenda, does that look lethal? <laughs> That, that is totally a guy thing to do. Are you go? Oh my god! What have I been eating? <laughs> exactly. So I just like it was just so funny, and she's telling I'm telling her this is just like really. I said, baby, get used to it. It's just what guys do. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, uh, not all guys. So meat brick, I love you, man. You <laughs> you are one hundred percent. You're good, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. That's the standard you set for. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you earn the love of this father-in-law is that, you know, you talk to your, talk to my daughter about your poop. <laughs> Apparently he didn't need any coaching from you. He just went right, right to the gusto. Oh, golly. Yeah. It's like, well. I think that's one of the things I uh, want to do. You know, it's just us. It's just you and me. And I love, one of the things I love about you, Joyce, is that you're, you're just as quirky and, <laughs> and unique as me, and we complement each other so well. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You do have a few more boundaries than I do, but, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll break those. <laughs> <laughs> I so look forward to that. <laughs> All right. We have the first of I, – I, I'm, st I'm learning technology and getting better. We have the first TikTok that we're going to share. 
on our show, and I love this one. I, I mean, we're going from talking about poop to talking about God now, and because you know God made poop, it's all good. And <laughs> find another pastor that'll say that, and I'll I'll give you money. So <laughs> I'm not sure God's intention was to, um, you know, fetish yarn. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is it's from a, uh, a TikToker, Amin, and his it's at Amin. H-G-A, underscore H-G-A. So I'm not sure exactly if that's his last name, Hagah, or how you would pronounce it. But he describes himself as a a Christian husband and writer out of Tampa, Florida. And he, I just, I well, just listen to him. He's got a co-host. He's got his own podcast, obviously. And he's got a co-host. And they're talking about how we should um, relate to other Christians and other people. So here, here we go. And if you are a Christian that's saying, well, we don't have time for that because we're in a culture war, I need you to answer a question for me. What kind of culture war was Paul in when he was writing this? Whoa! So you're telling me that the war that we're having in America, which Christians aren't being slaughtered. Yes. The, 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 yes. the, the worse it might oh. be is that we get canceled ideologically. Yes. But Christians you might get were, a shadow ban. You might get a shadow ban. Elon. I'm sorry that your, your YouTube account got taken down. I'm sorry that before Elon came along, maybe some liberal folks at Twitter banned your Twitter account. You were getting 50 Paul likes. Paul is talking about this while Christians are being killed. Come on, brother. Come on, sir. And in the midst of that kind of cultural reality, he's not abandoning love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. What makes you think that Jesus is okay with you doing it right now? Amen. You think that you're going to stand before God at the judgment seat and say, hey, God, I know I was a a complete jerk and cruel to not only those who don't know you, but those who did. But they were banning us on Twitter, God. They were making men and women and women men and putting up rainbow flags at the public school down the street. And they were teaching CRT in these schools. So dang the scriptures. We had to we had to pull out the big gun. Yes, it's understanding the times and knowing what it's gonna be like, oh that's oh shouldn't have said you should should have said that. Yes. Well done, my good and safe faithful servant, even though you just kind of kicked my scriptures to the side. That's right. Welcome into the kingdom of God. Because the culture war is not eternal, but the word of God is. It is I love that. The culture war is not eternal, but the word of God is. You see so many people, so many Christians, they're, like he said, pulling out the big guns. Oh, you, you know, they're offended. They're angry about everything. And we we forget it's, it's the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave us. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. God loves us, and his ultimate expression of love is Christ. I'm sorry, I cut you off there, dude. That's okay. To to me, Jesus, that's what he's all about. Mm -hmm. He brought love into the the world and made made it a rule that you should love. Mm -hmm. Now, does it mean that we're all going to be perfect, that we're we're not going to sin? No. It means that we love people even though they're sinning the way we don't want them to. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's so often that the, the idea of love first gets lost in sure. in the culture war, in that we're fighting against... Because as Christians, we're supposed to be countercultural. And we're supposed to go the opposite way of the culture because the culture is going toward hell and we're going toward heaven. And it's just, it, it, it's amazing to me. I just love, I love their energy. I wish I could yeah, be that energy. Yeah, excited. <laughs> they were going at it and I loved them. But it just, you know, they, people think it's okay to suspend the law of love because, oh, we need to, you know, we need to be mean to these people or they're not going to get our, you know, just whatever. 
Jesus Christ never gave an exception to the rule of love Amen. one another. He never said, except for those guys over there and those guys that do that. You know, He said, love one another. Well, and I, I think one of the, the gravest problems that I, I see, you know, well, I'm more in the, you know, pointing, looking at the, the LGBT plus community. And I get so tired of hearing Christians talk about the LGBT community as if they are the enemy. They are, you know, they've got an agenda. And even when they're talking to an LGBT person in front of them, they're still talking to that person like they are part of this agenda. 99.9% of the people in the LGBT plus community are just trying to figure out a way to live their lives. Mm -hmm. And they're not part of that. Do, do they do they have opinions on it? Absolutely. But they're not part of it. And how much of a how much do you lose credibility to someone? How much are they gonna listen to you talk about Jesus after you just talked to them like they were like in the third person? Yeah. So Okay, there's there's my spiritual lesson for today. <laughs> well that kind of talk becomes it, it's hateful. Yeah, they use hateful terms and hateful expressions to vent their own whatever they have going on. You know, it, it's it, it doesn't give a good impression on people that you're trying to say my my God is good, my my religion is good, Jesus Christ is a good person. You know, was a good person is is a good person. He's, he is um, our savior. He's our savior. Yeah. And then you you spew all this hatred and and uh, prejudice out. It just ruins the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You got to set an example. You have to show people, not just tell them, but you have to show them by your own life that you're you're living a Christian life. Amen. So I wanted to, I just wanted to share that. That was just, it's a very very important to me. <laughs> now we have to move on. To yes. fun with cryptids. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> now, as we're talking about it, um, we I really want to talk about. Okay, if you don't know what a cryptid is. I have been a little bit surprised when I talk about this subject to, to members of our church. They say, what's a cryptid? And, okay, okay, you know, apparently it's not universal, and I'm an idiot, and that's okay. But <laughs> <laughs> You just threw that out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> but a cryptid is, uh, I, I looked this up on a couple of different websites. A cryptid is an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven scientifically to exist. I mean, the most famous two that you always think about is uh, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, who hasn't made an appearance in like, Long what, time. 60, 80 years yeah. or something like that. And the, the Mothman, which we're going to get to, I don't know if it's going to be the next week or the week after, but we are going to, this is going to be a series, just because, for one thing, Joyce and I love the subject. Uh, I, I, I think it's fascinating. Um, I want to believe in Bigfoot. I, I genuinely believe that there are, that I genuinely believe that there are Bigfoot. I don't know how they fit into anything, but I think they're there. I think too many people have had the sightings. Mm -hmm. At at most, well, we'll get to that. So, uh, a cryptid is an animal that has been claimed to exist, but doesn't, but never proven scientifically. And then there's cryptozoology. I see the almost kind of absurdity of it it is the study of creatures that are not proven to exist <laughs> yeah that's a hard concept to grasp it's hard it, yeah but there is a lot of there is a lot of uh, evidence there's a lot of things to talk about and to learn about we have to make sure to understand cryptozoology is considered a pseudoscience um, like Sheldon considers um, psychology to be you know Sheldon Cooper 
from Big Bang Theory. He thinks psychology is pseudoscience, but you know, really, cryptozoology is a pseudoscience. <laughs> if if y'all caught the, the the Big Bang reference before I explained it, more power to you. But um, so cryptozoology is a pseudoscience. So we're 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 gonna start off with the most obvious one. The, and the one that is nearest and dearest to my heart that I have a stuffed Bigfoot that we actually <laughs> put on the top of our Christmas tree. And he's pretty awesome. <laughs> he's adorable. I'm sure the, the for by our standards, the actual Bigfoot creatures would be really ugly, but the, the stuffed ones are adorable. Of course. <laughs> and you probably have the only tree in the entire universe that has a Bigfoot on top of it. What can I say? <laughs> I'm ahead of my time. <laughs> or something. <laughs> or something like that, yeah. But the interesting thing is, and I've, we, we joked when we were first start talking about this, that I, could, I easily could talk about Bigfoot for an hour and never look at a note or anything like that. But I wanted to, I did some research, and, and I feel like I'm going to be sitting here lecturing you, Joyce, <laughs> on this, all this stuff. I really should have said, here, take this, read this. <laughs> You're more part of the conversation. No, I'm very interested in it. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of literature out there on Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, it's serious uh, stuff. You know? Serious stuff. Yeah. yeah. But there's, it, it's interesting because uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch is more uh, where they, it's it's the blanket term mm-hmm. a lot, but it, the those are really more um, the northern area, like um, Idaho and Montana and uh, the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Th- those, you know, Way up here, where we've got so much unexplored, well, slightly ex- wildlife, wild land up There's there. There's areas of dense forest that people just don't go there. Yeah. You know, they say wall hunters and you know, all this, but there's areas that I'm sure don't get very much traffic. Yeah. And the Yeti is the one in, in the Himalayas. Yeah. It's the yeah. same, same, same mythology. Thing. Yeah, very, very similar idea. And they're in the South, like Florida and Louisiana, and and other parts of the South, they it might be the same creature, but they can they call it a skunk ape, and because <laughs> they supposedly smell very bad. Yeah, that's one of the characteristics that's almost universal. Is this rancid? They say wet dog and vomit smell. You. <laughs> like, well, so much for the cute, fuzzy, cuddly image. <laughs> and the one that uh, that was is kind of near and dear to my heart too, since that um, we lived in Arkansas for five years, is the Falk monster. And he's uh, well, skunk apes because they're um, in the south, they are considered more uh, stick to the the swamp areas, mm-hmm. and that's what the Falk monster is: skunk ape in um, western Arkansas. And if you ever want to learn about the Falk monster rent or view the movie, the legend of Boggy Creek. Uh-huh. And again, this is, you know, it's a dramatized, they're, they're, they're dramatized snippets of uh, supposed encounters, encounters with it and yes. stuff like that. But it, they did a, I watched it when we were living, I think first time I saw it was in, uh, when we lived in Indiana, but when we I saw it again with the girls when we looked in, in Arkansas, and it's just fun because it's like a, do- a creepy documentary, and it's just fun. I just I love it. So, uh, but you know, they're all the you know, Bigfoot and Skunk Ape and the Falk Monster, all that kind of stuff is all put together in so, the same category. You know what? I, I'm, can I express an opinion right now? Absolutely. Um, that there's so much of this in so many different parts of the world, similar creatures. That it almost has to have some basis in fact. 
Well, and that yeah, that's one of those things that that the Native American uh, almost. All of the Native American cultures in the United States include legends and stories of encounters with large, hairy, or man-like creatures. Um, if you go to Painted Rock, California, there's rock paintings that are called petroglyphs mm-hmm. that are supposedly showing a family of Bigfoot that would occupy that area many moons ago. And uh, the Iroquois tell of an aggressive... Um, and this is this is stuff that I got off the internet, but the Iroquois tell of an aggressive hair-covered giant with rock-hard skin. I think mm, that's interesting. That's very strange. Um, that I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Iroquois word for it because it's four different words, and I will butcher it. Out of <laughs> respect to the Iroquois nation, I don't want to uh, the Iroquois language. I don't want to say it, but it means stone giant. Uh huh. And uh, it's it's more commonly referred to as the Janasqua. Yeah, something like that. Um, I've never heard that about the rock-hard skin. Yeah, well, and there could be, if they're real, then there's obviously going to be different, for lack of a better term, different breeds of the same species, Mm -hmm. just like dogs and and, and such. There's there's different breeds. Maybe they're so muscular Mm -hmm. that they give that impression of being just hard hard body. Yeah. Well, in, in 1847... Uh, Paul Kane, I'm not sure who that is, but Paul Kane reported stories by the natives, uh, by natives uh, about the uh, Skookums that were a race of cannibalistic wild men living at the peak of Mount St. Helens in southern Washington. Hmm. So that's yeah, and in the same area, this I've seen multiple reports of this song of, the, of this uh, particular legend. There was a same area um, lower on. Um, Mount St. Helens. Back in 1924, there was a uh, an encounter between some gold prospectors. I think it was four gold pro- prospectors, and they had gone into the woods to look for gold, see if there's any deposits out there. And they encountered a group of ape men or giant whatever hairy beasts, and they made it back to their uh, their cabin. And, you know, closed all the windows and all that kind of stuff. But they were terrorized for most of the night. They, they were beating on the walls. They were throwing rocks. They were trying to get in and kill them. That's what they felt like they were doing. There's a lot of different perspectives of that, that mm-hmm. they were just really trying to scare them and get them off of their, you know, land. Hey, Bigfoot are territorial, just like human beings are. So, and, and you know what? It was effective. <laughs> they, they left and never came back. Well, yeah, as soon as it was daylight, they got they skedaddled and they never went back. So I show some intelligence there. That's what I think is interesting is that it's not just you know recently. It's not just all of a sudden the Bigfoot thing has exploded because of video cameras. Now I will say that it it first came the Bigfoot first came to America's attention. Back in 1958, this is this this is the story that everybody you know knows. It's it's just there was a, a gentleman. A, a, he was a logging company bulldozer operator named Jerry Crew, and um, he lived. He was they were working in Humboldt County, California, way up north to, um, toward the Oregon border, and he discovered a large set of like 16 inch human like footprints um, sunk deep in the mud uh, where near the Six Rivers National Forest. And uh, he told his co-workers, and they had seen similar prints. And they had also talked about how 
there was a 450 pound oil drum that one day they came and it was just tossed aside hmm. as, you know, like somebody was playing with it. So they thought it was some sort of prank, but they kept seeing these uh, footprints. And finally they told, uh, they, they started calling it Bigfoot just because it was, that's the only evidence they had was big footprints. And so they ended up calling a reporter at the Humboldt Times and he did an article and they, on the front page of the Humboldt Times, they had these loggers with a plaster, the, the first ever plaster cast of a Bigfoot footprint. And so it got popular. It got picked up by the the national media, and the rest is history. The legend was born. Yes, you know. <laughs> yeah. And of course, there's the uh, Patterson Gimler film that was um, shot. Oh golly, I want to say 1966, 1967, um, near. <laughs> this is the part I didn't write down. Um, oh, what's the name? I've, we've been there. We stayed there in that little. It's a little town. If you're listening to this and you know, put in the comment section what I'm, you know, what my brain will not recall. <laughs> um, but it's a tiny town in that bre- that gave a great deal of fame to this town because this the Patterson, Patterson Gimlo. That film is the famous one, the one that the first film that was ever made of Bigfoot, and of course, its authenticity is debated. Is that the one where it's he's did quite a distance across the creek and they're across on the creek horseback and, some, and the horses are yeah. rearing up? Yeah. yeah. They're not a very good, clear picture. No, but it's no better than it was better. That was the only thing at the time. Yeah. And like I said, you know, there's been arguments about whether or not it's it's true or it's real or, you know, it was one of the guys was in a suit or something like that. But the characteristics that you always see, you always hear about is that, you know, that, like I said, that rancid dog, <laughs> wet dog and vomit smell. <laughs> That's only natural, though, because I don't imagine they bathe with soap. They probably get go in the creeks or rivers or whatever and yeah. get wet, but they don't bathe. They get the smell off of them from yeah. all the you know food and whatever and, da- daily living. Yeah, and they're um, anywhere from eight to twelve feet tall and brown to reddish brown fur. Um, they're super strong, super fast. Sometimes they're aggressive and sometimes they're not. It just it kind of depends on the situation. And you know, there's a couple of different videos out there. Um, that supposedly show a Bigfoot attack. In fact, I saw one on TikTok this mo- this morning. I showed it to Brenda. Like, are you people out of your minds? <laughs> that is so fake. <laughs> it, it, I, I I always think it's funny when they're when they have these sightings. Whether it's the the Bigfoot, whether it's a dog man, whether it's whatever, and they they show this vicious creature, and the guy's first instinct is to take his phone out and record it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Are you out of your stinking mind? <laughs> well, it's like the the uh, surveillance cameras that they have up. You know, those pictures are so rotten, but yet they can get a picture of a planet, a distant planet, perfectly. Yeah. And perfect focus. But here's this, you know, why bother even having when the image is so that's, bad? That's 50 feet away. They can't get a decent image yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. The same way with the Bigfoot sightings and a lot of other things. The UFOs, of course. We won't even go there, though. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to. Not yet. We're not going to dabble in UFOs, are we? No. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, that's They're not really just one cryptids. thing I haven't had a lot of interest in. It's yeah. not that I... I, I'm not arrogant enough to uh, believe that we are the only 
uh, you know, life in the universe that God only made us and but made this ginormous universe. But we're not going out there to explore anytime soon. And, you know, evidently they don't want anything to do with us either. Yeah. I think they speed up when they go past our planet. <laughs> they lock their doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, as far as a Bigfoot goes, it's it has, you know, there are more and more people. Obviously, as we've gone on, more and more people are interested in it. More people are looking at mm-hmm. it. And more people have encounters. Mm-hmm. There's been speculation that um, Bigfoot and the Yeti, especially the Yeti, are spiritual, multidimensional creatures. It, it's I, I still consider it kind of absurd to think uh, that the there are people who think the Yeti are in the in the you know in the Himalayas are protecting their protectors of the the door between this this dimension and another. I think that's a little bit absurd. But the idea that they are multidimensional creatures, or there's also d- discussion that they are um, they're the workers for the aliens, or they're they're connected to aliens somehow. And it's one of those things also. Once you say, okay, I believe in Bigfoot. I believe that he's out there. Where do you stop? Because mm-hmm. there's no proof of anything. They've never right. found a Bigfoot skeleton. They've never found a dead body. So, okay, the whole idea of multidimensional, that would explain why we've never you mm-hmm. know, found a body or anything like that. But it brings us to the question, okay, as Christians, is it okay to believe in Bigfoot? I, I think it was, was it Cecily? I think one of my daughters said, well, you know, they talk about the Nephilim in scripture that were big, you know, ginormous. Universally, those are considered demons or fallen angels or something like that. Um, or some sort of, there's a, there's a biblical explanation for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know where that would fall into. I, I feel comfortable um, believing in, in Bigfoot and Sasquatch and because I believe that God can do anything. Sure. He can make them if he wants to. And Look at some of the creatures that exist on Earth that yeah. we are familiar with, like the duck-billed platypus, for one. You know. <laughs> yep. That's some kind of a funny joke there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it's also, I'm looking at it uh, from a, the perspective of it's a, it's a, a, a living creature mm-hmm. that was created by God for his purposes and, you know, maybe just to keep us off balance, um, that may remind us that, you know, we, we don't know everything and that he is still God. And, you know, but on the converse side of it, on the other side of it, I don't know where I got that word from. On the other side, think about it that, okay, they're, they are distracting. They are something to think about instead of scripture and how, or we're, we're trying to figure out, like we're sitting here trying to figure out who to, uh, how they fit into our worldview as Christians. Well, could that mean that they are simply a manifestation of demons? And again, to keep us off balance, to keep us thinking about other things other than Scripture. That's really difficult because in some cases they're portrayed as being peaceful, docile mm-hmm. creatures. And in other cases they're portrayed as being violent and, and have designs on hurting people. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a hard one to figure out. Yeah. But also being the manifestations of demons would explain them being a multi, multi-dimensional creature mm-hmm. because demons and angels come from another dimension. It's heaven and hell. 
still another dimension. It's the spiritual dimension. And again, and I know I'm if any pastor is listening to this, I'm sure you are going to take issue with this. And and, it, and that's okay. Just stay civil, like we were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah, we love a good argument, but yeah. not, not a vicious one. <laughs> yeah, I I love a good a good you know discussion. animated discussion. Yeah, and, me too. But it's just you know, but explain to me, and you don't have to be a pastor if you if you're a Christian and you're looking at this. Explain to me, because we're not going to come up with any real answers today. <laughs> but how how would that? I I don't think in my mind, regardless of what it is. I don't think it changes our worldview as Christians. Yeah, it's something to look at over here. It's something to, to, to think about. And I so hope that I see one someday. <laughs> I really <laughs> That would do. be the ultimate peak of your life, you know. Yeah, but I've, I have to admit, I, I, I worry that if I'm out in the woods, especially if I'm out in the woods by myself, and I smell that, I'll just turn around and run as fast as I possibly can. Well, you know and I know that you should never, never, never go into the woods by yourself. Yes. But I do that sometimes when I go hiking. <laughs> Not a good idea. It's like going swimming by yourself or anything Better, else yeah. by yourself. You know, You're right. Riding now, a motorcycle. Yeah. From now on, I'll just take bear. <laughs> well, that's a deterrent. Bear, bear is a 120-pound Great Pyrenees. If I got hurt, he could just drag me back. <laughs> Just about ride him, <laughs> uh, but it, it it is one of those things, you know. It, it, I don't think that the belief in in cryptids in general is uh, incongruous with our belief in scripture and our belief in God. To me, honestly, in my view, it enhances uh, my my perspective of God because he makes weird things. He makes things that he doesn't want us to completely understand. And uh, and I think that is one of the things that for many people, it does for me, that keeps me at the foot of the cross because I can't explain it. I'm just trusting God that he's gonna, that he's dealing with it. And, you know, what what's what's your perspective on that, dear? I mostly agree with you, I, I, but I think God gave us lively and, and intelligence that we want to investigate these things constantly. Mm -hmm. So it's an ongoing thing. Do is there really? Do these creatures really exist, or yeah. are they just you know legends of fantasy? I believe with all my heart that it's totally possible. I think God created all these creatures all over the world. Each one adapted to their environment. A bizarre assortment in some cases. Why not? A large hairy being yeah. that doesn't want to be around people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a, a large hairy being that doesn't want to be around people. Yeah, that's like half the people you know <laughs> in the in the mountains to begin with. <laughs> You're right. Because <laughs> when you see mountain men, they're 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 typically big and they got beards down to their stomach and they don't like people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, Bigfoots apparently don't have any use for people. I mean, they yeah. just stay as far away as they can. Well, I think um, I think one distinct possibility is like when they discovered them in 1958 and in the 1960s, there were maybe just a few left, and since then, they've gone extinct. Mm -hmm. That you know, they, there were there were a lot more, and then encroachment on their habitat and like everything else mm -hmm. in, you know, that we've that humans have done in this in this world. I think that's a distinct possibility that they have at, at least been dwindled to almost none 
and that's why we have so few sightings. It's you, you got to think that the vast majority of the videos, because of their of the the how many there are, the vast majority have to be some sort of fake. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were ever were real, they're either extinct or they're very close to being such, and you know. That's just how... But on the other hand, since they were so-called, you know, discovered, brought into the light mm-hmm. of day back in the 50s or 60s, um, maybe they have learned to stay even further away from people and avoid them, you know, even better than yeah. they have been. Well, if they're as big and strong um, as we uh, uh, believe them to be, they could easily live in the the thick Mm-hmm. Un- unreachable wilderness that that human beings don't want to go to, much right. less could if they wanted to. Yeah, and so the book yeah. I borrowed from you was a very good book. It was a work of fiction, of course, but I loved all the the uh, scenarios he put together with with the creatures. Yeah, uh, she's talking about uh, Monst- Monster Monster, Monster yeah. by Frank Peretti, and it's probably ten fifteen. I have no idea years old, uh, but I love Frank Peretti. As an author, it's well written, yeah, and a great imagination because he drew maps of the area and everything, and where the sightings had been and where the encounters had been, mm-hmm. and uh, it gives him personalities, and you know, it's, it's it's a really good book. Yeah, I I loved it too. I've read I've read read it twice, and what we want to do in this series, eventually, we're going to get to uh, spiritual warfare and the perspective on ghosts and and demons and and such. So we're just kind of starting here and we're going to go to wherever the Lord leads us and and it's it's go- we're going to have we're going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole and there's a Bigfoot at the bottom of it. <laughs> but don't ever think that we're going to get away from the fact that we want all of our listeners to know, you know, God loves you regard the idea of Bigfoot and whether or not you believe it doesn't change how God loves you and 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 it doesn't change who God is. God is a, a, a wonderful, loving, he is a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment. You know, we have we have to remember that. Um he is a just and loving God. That's the best way to put it. So um that pretty much does it um for us today. If you have uh, a perspective that we haven't considered hey put it in the comments let us know what you're thinking by all means otherwise this is coffee bacon and other sacred things and just remember god smiles when he sees you